on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We have a lot to talk about. And I don't believe that one hour at the very end of October, over a month after voting has started, that a single debate does this process any justice or respect. You know, she's still defending that, this evil Kathy Hochul. That's my friend. He's running for governor. Great congressman, great Republican, great American war hero, Lee Zeldin. You know, Lee, I'll tell you a funny story. So I'm back yesterday at the America First Warehouse. So last November, you and I did an event there together. It was really you. You were the star that day. But I came out there to help you out. And uh, so I'm there last night signing my book. And some lady walks up to me, Lee. Her name is uh, Mrs. Zier, Z-E-E-R-E. Our son is David. And she goes, do you know that Lee Zeldin's mother, Merrill, down in Boca Raton, Florida, loves you. You're her favorite of all time. Will you sign this book for Meryl Zeldin, which I did last night. I sent you the photo. Is that true? Is your mom a big fan? Are you kidding me? She already texted me this morning that she knew that I was coming on at 7.45 a.m. this morning. So she is tuning in right now, long distance from Florida. Oh, that is great. What a sweet lady, Merrill, down in Boca Raton. That, that is fantastic. Really, thank you for that. Okay, see, I played that little uh, quote there from you a couple of days ago. Came up again yesterday. She's not changing her stance. She said, listen, one debate is enough. We know that's not the truth. But amazingly, she still defends it. Yeah, this past Friday, the absentee ballot started going out. Kathy Hochul believes that there should be one debate on cable for one hour at the end of October over a month after the start of people voting. I I have proposed that everyone should get to find out where we stand on the issues before they vote, not after. I know that that's very extreme. That's the word that they use to describe us. If they disagree with us, it's extreme. So I believe that there should be multiple debates all throughout the entire state. Uh, Kathy Hochul, she's trying to avoid that level of accountability. I get it. She loses if she debates. I believe she loses more if she doesn't. And if you want to lecture anybody about democracy, well, you need to be respecting the people of New York by willing by being willing to answer those questions. And on top of it, I mean, she she's not just about you know, this one comment on this one issue, and you know, and that's that, and maybe she's just misunderstood. This is a governor who calls on New Yorkers to be her apostles. She said that we should get the, the COVID vaccine to serve her, not as opposed to you know, a governor saying that if you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. I wouldn't ever call on New Yorkers to get it to be my apostle. She referred to herself as the mother of New York's yep. 62 counties. Yep. Now, I assure you, I'll never refer to myself <laughs> as the father of New York's 62 counties. She, I mean, she also call, says that we should leave the state. I mean, she yeah. said that I'm a no longer a New Yorker, that I get on a bus and I move to Florida. So I think it's a continuing pattern of contempt for this process and for the people she's supposed to try to lead. And you made a great point yesterday, this pay-for-play scheme with this, uh, the COVID guy, which uh, $700 million, and he gave her $300,000. And while it really looks ugly, and it's certainly corrupt, what New Yorkers have to understand above all of that is it's going to cost them money. You made that great point yesterday. Yeah, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that end up getting paid for this COVID test to this donors. You pointed out that the contract was a no-bid contract. 
The offer was accepted the same day that it was made, so there's no record of negotiating a lower price. California ends up paying 45% less for the same test from the same manufacturer. But what New York did, this donor isn't the company that manufactured the test. This is just some unnecessary middleman getting a payoff for being the middleman. And yes, as you point out, New Yorkers are going to end up spending over a quarter billion dollars or so. It's estimated extra because of the additional cost. You know, yesterday she was asked about it. You know what she said? She said that she would do that all again. Wow. She was asked about this yesterday at a press conference, and she said that she would do that all again. Those are the exact words verbatim. She's a sociopath. And I tell you what, Lee, if you just spend time talking about, I'll give you three of them. You got that one with the COVID guy. Then you've got the uh, that scheme to fix up uh, Penn Station, where she's pocketing money. Then you got that ridiculous Buffalo Bill Stadium scheme, where her husband is, is uh, pocketing money. I mean, again, we've talked about this before. In less than a year, I've never seen a politician dealing in more corrupt cases than Kathy Hochul. There's three without uh, getting her uh, lieutenant governor arrested. Yeah, and and listen, real breaking news here this morning on Bernie and Sid, as uh, you know, I've I've done in the past when I have announcements with the campaign. It started when we first announced on April 8th of last year. Exactly to your point today, we have a new TV ad that's dropping. That's exactly to what you say needs to get out there, talking about these COVID tests, talking about that Buffalo Bills stadium deal. So we have a new TV ad dropping today, first announced this morning on the Bernie and Sid program. Love it, love it, love it. Also, while you're at it, the only point she keeps talking about is abortion. Maybe because she's not all that bright and she's corrupt. She needs to be reminded, Lee, by you, of course, that last I checked abortion in New York, legal. A few years ago, they codified far more than Roe. So when we woke up the day after the Dobbs decision in New York, the law was exactly the same as it was the day before the Dobbs decision and nothing's changed. I didn't get in this race because of abortion, I'm in this race because I feel like we need to save our state from New Yorkers hitting their breaking point because they're struggling to afford to survive here and people feeling less safe here. I mean, I believe that, that we, we need to save New York City. We need to save New York. That's what got me in. I'm not in this race here proposing to roll back that law despite my personal views on abortion. The reality is that this, this state assembly – led by Carl Hasty, who's a Speaker of the Assembly, there is a less than 0% chance that he's going to be sending a Governor Zeldin a, a bill to roll back that law. We all get it. They've already codified it. They've codified far more than Roe. And no one here in reality is is actually talking with a straight face about this state legislature sending any governor a bill that's going to roll that back. Everyone else gets it. But the problem is, is that there's an enthusiasm gap. People are not excited about Kathy Hochul. A lot of people don't like her. There are people out there who might be loyal Democrats. They've always voted Democrat in their life. They just can't do anything, no matter what. doesn't matter what year. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. They just can't get off the line. But they're still not excited about Kathy Hochul. So she is trying to energize them by going hyperbolic and apoplectic with with her messaging on this. 
And I think it's very telling that she doesn't want to talk about the economy. She doesn't want to talk about crime. She's not talking about opposing congestion pricing because she supports it. She's not talking about repealing cashless bail because she supports cashless bail. She's not talking about firing Alvin Bragg because she doesn't want to fire Alvin Bragg. I believe that we should be talking about the issues that matter most to New Yorkers, and she wants to talk about anything else. You know, I've got a question about Eric Adams. I don't like him at all. I think he's a lousy, lousy mayor, about as bad uh, at mayor as she is at governor, but she's more corrupt. So when you win, Lee, not if you win, when you win, you're going to have to work with Eric Adams here in the city. How is that relationship going to work out? I served with Mayor Adams in the state Senate. We were there together for four years. We got along. We stayed in touch afterwards. It is our job after the election is over to try to work together to find common ground however possible. If he wants to add a dangerousness standard uh, with regards to New York's cashless bail law, believing that judges should have discretion to weigh dangerousness, listen, I agree with that. Let's work together to figure out how to get the votes to get that over the finish line in Albany. That's our job. If you want to uh, oppose congestion pricing, understand it's a little bit different than his position in the past, but he made a statement last week about how the city is getting rolled by Albany. Hey, listen, let's let's talk about it because there's a lot of issues with this implementation of this, this Hokal hike. This congestion pricing scheme is hitting people who already are deciding whether or not to stay in the state. You want to get more people? Yep coming back to work in New York City, you can't hit them with a whole new daily fee like this. And whether it's these issues, it's education or whatever else, if there's any way that we can work together, you got to put aside your party registration. You have to put aside where you might be uh, disagreeing on other issues to try to find a way to represent people. I think that there are a lot of New Yorkers, average, everyday New Yorkers, they're listening to this show right now. They're in their car. They're driving to work. And they're just frustrated with seeing politicians who sit in their quarter, red on blue, and they just refuse to talk to each other. When they're both talking, they're usually talking past each other, not to each other. Yep. I enjoy finding ways to to prove that wrong, to give people hope. I mean, in Congress, every year, the, the Georgetown University and the Luger Center, they have an annual bipartisan index. They rank all 435 members of the House of Representatives based on how bipartisan they are. The last year that came out, out of 435, I was ranked 19. The year before that, I was ranked 12. I can stand up for what I believe in, and we all should. It's okay to debate. It's okay to disagree. In this country, we encourage it. You have a right to it. But the idea that at the same time, there's just no way that you're allowed to ever agree on anything. I mean, that's crazy to me. Lee, I got to tell you, you sound great. You sound great. You look great. I can see the confidence uh, every day when I see you on television. When you text me, when you come on this show, I'm excited about your new TV ad, too. Congratulations on that. I love your mom, Merrill, down in uh, Boca Raton. And I do not pay attention to the Siena poll. As far as I'm concerned, you're winning. Yeah, listen, that, and that poll is just not accurate. I was asked yesterday <laughs> no, at a press conference, you know, what, they're, they're trying to ask me different questions about the poll. It's just, it's just not accurate. I know, I know. Uh, listen, and it, the, the key is, I mean, I remember 1984, George Pataki's running against Mario Cuomo, the last six public polls that came out. George Pataki was down in all six polls. Four of the six polls, he was down by double digits. This, I mean, we're talking about days before that race, uh, that election in 94. They said on average he was going to lose by 11 and a half. That was the average of the six polls. He won by three and a half. The polls were 15 points off the last week 
of that race. So, you know, there are polls that will come out and they'll try to, you know, get people discouraged or suppress fundraising or individuals from uh, being excited. I mean, listen, the reality is anyone who's out there listening, you have your finger on the pulse. You know what people are focused on. You know what are the most important issues to the people around you. They understand that we need to have balance. We have to save our city. We have to save our state. I mean, any person can do their own poll just based off of what they understand reality to be. And everyone understands that at this moment, Kathy Hochul is unlikable. She's in over her head. She's corrupt. She's pandering to pro-criminal tax and spend liberals. I don't know why she won't distance herself from these people, but that's her decision. She's got to live with it. We just have to do everything in our power with what is less than six weeks left to tell everyone we know doing absolutely everything we possibly can, taking nothing for granted to get our vote out. And, yes, we will win. Not not if we win, we will win, and then we can save the state. What a great job, Lee. Thank you for coming on. There he is, folks, the next governor here in New York, and I'm proud to call him a very, very close friend, Lee Zeldin. Great job, Lee. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care, Sid. My man, Lee Zeldin, he sounds great. He really does. He sounds great. You hear that confidence? That's your guy. Again, folks, very simple. You want to save this state? Vote for Lee Zeldin in 2022. You want to save our country? Vote for Donald Trump in 2024. Stop laughing, Lou. We'll back right after this.